Get off our fucking podcast. Are you going to be on this episode? No, but now you have to leave that in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why is your mic on if you're not going to be on? Uh-huh. I didn't like I did not like that. Yep. Maybe that's actually the problem with it. Is like I like to put my face really close to yours, which makes you close. You're like, oh, because I make you uncomfortable. Like I try to be uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Maybe that's also yeah, part right. of I'm trying to unlock the the secrets. Or maybe I'm becoming like more spotted, like a rotten fruit or something. I don't know. maybe did you get some sun recently? I yeah, yeah, technically yes. Yes, I did actually. Because maybe that's why. That's true. All right, all right. We're unlocking some more mysteries here, some more memories, mm-hmm. some thoughts. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Neat. All right. Yeah. Well, um, this is the Face Podcast. The Unlocking Secrets Podcast. Ooh, this is the Unlocking Secrets Podcast <laughs> with, I'm Danny. And I'm Kat. And we're here to unlock secrets now. Like mystery <laughs> telephone, mystery date game, whatever. Yeah. Dream phone. Dream phone, mystery date game. Yeah. Do you remember when that was like the ease? I feel like, again, a simpler time. Dream phone, mystery date game. I do. Uh, Don't you wish that was kind of like how it is? I guess kind of that is how online dating is now, though, right? You can just like swipe and goodbye, shut the door on someone. I mean, I guess, but also like there's no, like no, because (laughs) I mean, do you remember like some of those cards like Mall Madness and stuff had like, like. There, like, I remember Matt specifically from Mall Madness. Or maybe it was Dream Phone. Maybe it was Dream Phone. Matt was, hmm. like, super cute. There were, like, some super cute ones. Hmm. And, like, you always wanted Matt to be the one who was calling you. But then sometimes it was, like, the super nerds. What a terrible game. It really is. Well, that's <laughs> the same thing with, like, Mystery Date Game, which is technically from, like, our parents' era. Um, but I used to love to play it. And then they brought it back. You could find it again. Um, but it was the same thing. It was like you wanted like the cool guys, and then there was the nerd. You always like fuck the nerd. Yeah, and I'm like, huh? That's I love that. Uh, yeah, it really says a lot about uh, a lot of things. Yep. yep. Social norms. Mm-hmm. Vanity. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Anyways. What do you want to talk about today? You're going to teach me, right? Do you have your glasses on? Are you going to, like, do the sexy <laughs> teacher thing? Um, I always have my glasses on, so. Well, yeah, but only if you, like, want to see or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always have my glasses on. Um, but, yeah, I can talk. I'm, I'm fairly prepared to discuss a, at least a little bit of, of ecofeminism. Um, this chapter is, like, so long, so I figured, obviously, maybe, like, we can stick to the vegetarian vegan focused parts of it mm-hmm. um I, I have my uh my book ready and pulled up um but there, there's like truly just like so much in here like different even forms of ecofeminism um but it starts with well first of all like i first of all i was like really <laughs> i was like really excited to even see this in here um like not just the topic of ecofeminism but like the part that actually does go into um vegetarianism and things like that because i i just did not expect that um but it also like made some good points and and you know changed my um my focus if you will to some other aspects of of why you know being a feminist is related to environmentalism is related to veganism is related to all these things um they talk a lot about the idea that um you know like the, there's the phrase mother earth and like all things nature and uh, you know any any of that are inherently seen as like female or feminine things and so the exploitation of the earth and like pollution and the way that we handle our ecosystems and oceans and things like that through the oppression of all of that it's directly related to the idea of feminism because all of those things are considered female in characteristic if you will i never even um, thought of that i know but like right? all actually now i'm like hmm but like in the pantheon of greek gods and stuff like that they're always women like mm-hmm. um all everyone like even like harvest is woman like mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. 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 okay mm-hmm. 
Um, they, there's a lot of talk around nature's lib- liberation and women's liberation being a joint project. Um, it says women must see that there can be no liberation for them and no solution to the ecological crisis within a society whose fundamental model of relationships continues to be one of domination. They must unite the demands of the women's movement with those of the ecological movement to envision a radical reshaping of the basic socioeconomic relations and the underlying values of this modern industrial society. And that's a quote from Rosemary Radford Ruther, who was a um, big ecofeminist. I, I didn't know, like, ecofeminism was a school of thought. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. So when we go to Maine, um, Rachel Carson, the Rachel Carson Preserve, um, when she wrote Silent Spring, um, which was a big deal in 1962, Silent Spring was actually one of the catalysts of um, what eventually became Earth Day. So she, um, when she wrote that and really kind of brought attention to what was going on in the environment, um, that was one of the first things to happen before they started organizing the idea of Earth Day. Um, it was like around the, you know, the first handful of things really that got people kind of focused on the idea of environment and things like that. Um, and I think the first Earth Day, I should know this, was 1970. Oh, I just knocked my microphone over. Um, 1972, I want to say. I'm going to look it up. Fact check, fact check. 1970. Earth Day okay. was founded in 1970. Um, so I was close. Um, but it was organized by a um, senator who had already like introduced the idea of um, protecting air and water and, and earth and things like that to Kennedy. Um, but then he started the idea of Earth Day. And the reason that it was... Um, held in April specifically was so that it could be during spring break for colleges and they could get as many young people to participate as possible. Damn. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Rachel Carson. Um, yeah, right. Okay. She, she was like a huge environmentalist, obviously, um, and uh, was like one of the catalysts for the whole Earth Day thing and whatnot. But she um, was also she's a, she's a big deal in the ecofeminism world, and she did a lot of kind of connecting those dots between um, environmentalism and and feminism too. So um, ecofeminism is too veganism as well like do they talk about that in your in this book yeah so vegetarian ecofeminism is like its own separate thing okay um but the idea of just ecofeminism um it says um focus on humans being domination of the non-human world or nature because women are culturally tied to nature ecofeminists urge that there are conceptual symbolic and linguistic connections between feminist and ecological issues um, according to Karen Warren, an oppressive patriarchal conceptual framework whose purpose is to explain, justify, and maintain relationships of domination and subordination in general, and men's domination of women in particular, has shaped the Western world's basic beliefs, values, attitudes, and assumptions about itself and its inhabitants. Um, there's, let's see, I'm literally just reading from like a textbook to you right now. That's just like what I'm doing. Yeah, you, have to, you have to translate into layman's terms. <laughs> I know, I know. Not all of us are fancy school folk. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, so Rachel Carson warned Americans that unless they began to take care of their environment, all man's assaults upon the environment, including the can- contamination of air, earth, rivers, and sea with dangerous and even lethal materials, will undoubtedly shatter or alter the very material upon which the shape of the future depends. And that was something that was said in 1962. Oh. Yeah. Let's just like, let's just like examine that for a moment. What happened? Like, what, did nobody listen? I'm sure like the same arguments have always been happening. You know, people either don't think that it's important or like that it's even real or, you know, whatever else. Um, But I, I think too, like even again though, but the idea of environmentalism or, or, you know, anything having to do with preserving the earth or any of that is like considered like a, you know, a soft science or like a, a shallow th- way of thought, right? So and it's inherently considered feminist or feminine rather and so therefore not paid attention to you know and I'm sure if you like really looked at it I would say there's probably it's probably a pretty safe bet to assume that most of the people who were involved in these conversations and these arguments probably were women 
Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. I never thought of that as like a, like, because you think science, earth science, right? Mm-hmm. You would think that's a hard, that's like inherently a hard science. Like, yeah. like psychology, that's a soft science, What? which is crazy to me anyways. But like, I don't. I know I would never understand how and I've never understood how like oh anything caring about the planet at a base level let alone climate change but base level is like not important is a it's almost like a girly thing and you're yeah. right like it's probably because it's like people assume it's oh flowers and yeah you just want like parks and you know not mm-hmm. not full nature because nature like going out into nature and chopping wood and stuff that's a manly thing but I guess, yeah. like, when it comes to caring about the environment, you're like, no, environmentalism, it's just, it's a lady science. Yeah. Doesn't involve math. Math must be a manly thing. Right. This says um, that the phrase ecofeminism first appeared in 1974. And it says, uh, one cannot be affected apart from liberation from the other. And then Karen Warren again, I think I already quoted her once, but she came up with the four core assumptions of ecofeminism. Mm. Um, number one there are important connections between the oppression of women and the oppression of nature number two understanding the nature of these connections is necessary to any adequate understanding of the oppression of women and the oppression of nature number three feminist theory and practice must include an ecological perspective and number four solutions to ecological problems must include a feminist perspective hmm mm-hmm. so is there an easy example because i don't know how much you it's a long book of like an ecological like solution that includes feminism or that last that last part has me intrigued because i would like love to know more about what that means yeah i mean there's not um but i i'm sure that the idea or even like acknowledgement of of people acknowledging that they would have to acknowledge acknowledge the treatment of women in order to acknowledge environmental injustice is probably not a super easy connection to make. Just like just like the opposite, right? Like when we talk about people not understanding the link between eating animals and women's rights, like that's a, a, apparently a very hard link for people to make. So I would imagine that the opposite is also very difficult for people to make because again, society is built around keeping women down. And even people who think that they don't think that way or maybe even identify as a feminist or think, you know, that they're on the right side of things. I think even in a lot of cases, those people who have the best of intentions probably still don't quite realize how deeply rooted a lot of these ideas are and how far back they go and how it everything really does touch literally everything. It's like kind of insane. Yeah. The more it's funny because the more you you give little snippets and things the more it's like oh hmm, that too Mm -hmm. what do you know but so okay so the vegetarian Mm ecofeminism what is what is this branch that we speak of what how does that then tie in as well without i guess because like to to you know for our public is it just if you're vegetarian because you like the planet are you a eco-feminists as well you know like what what yeah i mean i I would say i would say probably not because like you have to inherently believe both things right like if you're if you're not eating animals because of the environment then that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not eating animals because of women's rights Mm -hmm. um but i mean it certainly could be but it's you know again one of those like this this is to this is this is to this but that isn't to that and you know like that whole sat question idea Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but there is like a separate um there's so there's environmental ecofeminism which is separate from vegetarian ecofeminism which obviously now that we want to talk about it i can't find oh vegetarian ecofeminism 
the relationship between vegetarianism and ecofeminism um, deserves more consideration because of not only the large role that animals play in nature, but also the amount of suffering and pain inflicted upon them worldwide. And then it immediately talks about our girl, Carol Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in here quite a bit. They, they like refer to her above too, because they refer, they talk about um, her link to her, her link to violence um, and how, like how eating meat is inherently a violent act. And so how, you know, th- there's obviously like a huge cultural problem with violence against women and so the link between violence against women and violence against animals is kind of a a pretty um you would think obvious connection to make but of course not for everybody Mm -hmm. um so it says many eco-feminists are vegetarians or vegans but and then it explains the difference um um, 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 vegetarian and vegan ecofeminists tend not to be absolutist in their moral stances. Rather, they are often contextual as opposed to universal moral vegetarians. So that's interesting. <laughs> I was just going to say, wait a second. So what is that? What do we think? What does that mean? <laughs> that's interesting. Vegetarian and vegan ecofeminists tend not to be absolutist in their moral stances. Rather, they are often contextual. Mm-hmm as opposed to universal moral vegetarians. Mm -hmm. So I read that. Wait, it goes on. Hold on. In general, contextual moral vegetarians concede that there are societies in which using animal flesh or bodily products is necessary for human survival. Okay. So that makes a little bit more sense to me. So like, I think that's where you and I fall, is we're a little bit more contextual rather than universal and saying like, we're, we're definitely not absolutists. We're definitely not like mm-hmm. it's all or nothing. I think we're a little bit more um, situational in our stances, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because then she obviously like she talks about the idea that there are some societies where like they are still hunter gatherers or things like that. They might not necessarily be eating animals in the same way that like you know, first worlds are that the U.S. does, but they do perhaps depend on it for survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And then it um, it actually also refers to Peter Singer. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, and Tom Reagan um, in the cur- the case for animal rights. Um, 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 so that was interesting to see Peter Singer's name in here. Mm-hmm. You have, you have like an all-star cast. I know. I know. Um, let's see. It says um, re- Tom Reagan um, says we must not kill any sentient being because all sentient beings have the capacity and or actuality of some form of thinking, calculating, reasoning, and consciousness. Many non-human animals, especially large mammals, such as whales, dolphins, elephants, and great apes, seem self-aware and able to engage in some form of thinking and communication. Therefore, human beings must not violate these animals' most basic rights by abusing or killing them. Singer and Reagan proclaimed a species proclaimed a speciest that is unfairly biased towards members of their own species those critics who protested that the interests of non-human animals are not as important as, as those of human beings or their thinking not as advanced hmm. mm-hmm. 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 Um, but i just found it like super interesting that this was even in here this this the textbook is feminist thought a more comprehensive introduction um the most recent or the fifth edition the one that i have rather was from 2018 so i mean obviously there have probably been some updates but like these are still you know carol adams peter singer like these are not new um these are not new minds you know what i mean they've been around the block for sure right right i mean it, it's funny because it's like almost like breaking it down for everyone because it seems obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it seems. And I mean, to be honest, there's probably some vegans who don't even understand the, you know, why yeah. you could be a feminist. You know, like you should still be more of a feminist while not, you know, you could be, I guess, less of a feminist while being vegan. Yeah. Like it doesn't necessarily mean just because you're vegan, you are a feminist and vice versa. Like they're yes you should have an understanding of it but not necessarily like people might think wow it's wrong to steal babies but they might not really make the full connection of like well it's it's a a women's issue like just because that that woman is a different species than us doesn't mean it's any 
less, you know, they're any less of a of a woman. And I like that that ties into, you know, ecofeminism and things like that. And I don't know, I feel like I'm learning more like being a feminist isn't just being like, well, women are cool, too. You know, like it involves a lot more and understanding a lot more of the ins and outs of how women have been uh, kept down since, oh, I don't know, the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Yes, literally. Um, it's like, again, like it's just super, it, it's very cool to me to see like this entire page is all about like, um, you know, why we keep ant- cats and dogs as um, pets, but we turn a blind eye to, um, you know, chickens in cages and, and pigs on slaughterhouse floors and things like that and then there's a quote from um carol adams that says we live in a culture that has institutionalized the oppression of animals on at least two levels informal structures such as slaughterhouses meat markets zoos laboratories and circuses and through our language that we refer to meat eating rather than to corpse eating is a central example of how our language transmits the dominant culture's approval of this activity when we are singing old mcdonald had a farm or reading charlotte's web we block from our consciousness the individual pigs cows chickens lambs and so forth that wind up as so-called meat on our plates mm-hmm. um, these animals according to adams are absent reference in this view the word meat hides from us it, uh, hides from us the fact that we are eating the cow or pig we saw last week in a feedlot if we focus on the individual animal we would become conscious that we are eating a sentient being and not an object mm-hmm. 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 i never thought of charlotte's web like that too mm-hmm. and i'm just like and this is this is when i start to you know remember some of these feelings because I'm like, so in theory, all of the women in my class and my professor have read this. That, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I know where you're going. They've read it. Mm-hmm. They are taking it in theory seriously because it's part of an academic class. They're working towards a, a grad graduate certificate degree. Mm-hmm. And they, in theory, take the topic of feminism very seriously because they have chosen women and gender studies as their major. Mm. So when we read this, mm. <laughs> how is it that we don't pause and go, huh, well, all, all right. <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to tell you how to, though, because, you know, now now granted, everyone is an individual. Everyone's, you know, the way they speak about feminism, I think, can be different. Like there's slightly different perspectives on things. Sure. Like. That's everyone's an individual human being. However, um, knowing some of the thoughts and opinions of some of these people in your class of like, you know, like, let's just say their opinion of sex work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that if if someone can be call themselves a feminist and they're in a women and gender studies certificate program um, <clears throat> And they think that sex work is a lesser thing. It's not valid. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, they were forced into it, this and that. Mm-hmm. They also probably eat their their steaks and they're like, wow, this is good. Wow, I love this milk, you know, yeah. and they just don't make the connection because their view of feminism is not really encompassing. It's, it's shocking to me how narrow-minded people that you assume should be very open-minded really mm-hmm. can, still can be. Yeah, Absolutely. And it like it kind of brings up those angry like how do you how do you feel like this like how can you talk about sex work like in those ways or women who are in sex work like how do you how why yeah do you think like that and like okay how do you how do you eat meat like you just read this entire like section and it makes so much sense like everything that you said yeah it's just a textbook sure but it's like I mean, you're in a graduate program, so hopefully that you, you know, you can read through textbooks with some capability at least. But like, it's pretty cut and dry what they're getting at when it comes to eating meat and what that means to be a feminist. And I don't understand how you are just like breeze by that. Right. You just ignore that? You ignore that whole section of that book? And you know, can I, I, and I, I, I know I've like complained or whatever said this to you before, but like. This class is so challenging for me on a variety of level levels, in part because I don't love the structure of it. Like, I find it, you know, a little odd. But also, like, 
every time, and maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm taking it personally, I don't know, but every time I write out, like, a, a really impassioned post about, you know, whatever it is we had to read that week, like, whatever, especially if it's something that I feel super passionate about, I wrote that, that one post that was fucking, like, 1,700 words long, like, the longest post of all time about the orgasm gap and about the patriarchy and all this stuff, and I got, like, no responses. So similarly, I know you'll be shocked when you hear that I got one response to my ecofeminism post where I... I I suggested very kindly that people reconsider their food choices and they look into the dairy industry. And if we're, you know, really, really feeling these these uh, feminist hopes and dreams that maybe we align our ethics with our actions. And I got one post and it was very nice, but it was it, this woman saying how her daughter doesn't drink milk and and how the pediatrician pointed out that in many cultures, children never drink milk from another animal. Uh, and some, that was something she hadn't thought of because we spend so much time on automatic, but like, ah. Her daughter just, doesn't drink milk, but does she? I, I, it's unclear. I'm it's unclear. confused by that. Well, my daughter doesn't. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. but we're talking about you, man. Uh, what? Yeah. It's unclear. It's unclear. You would you would assume actually by the and again we're talking about people in a graduate certificate program, so intelligent human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, the use of my daughter doesn't and not saying my household or myself and yeah. my daughter do not means that she does. Yeah. And I'd be like, just, oh, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of feelings, I guess, but yeah, I don't it's, know. It's interesting. Again, like it's, it's these, it, you know, and it goes out to everyone, vegans, feminists, people in a graduate program, people that you already consider to be enlightened, you know, have continued education, all these different things. And you're like, wow, they really have it together. And then they do something or say something, and you're like, uh, yeah. I'm like, where am I? What? What are you talking about? Am I in the right? Am I in the right room right now? You know, it's very confusing. It is very. So, I don't know. I don't know either. Truly, but I'm glad. Uh, You know, it makes sense. It should be in there. It, you know. When there could be a whole, wouldn't it be cool if there's a whole fucking class on like vegetarian veganism? Maybe, like, maybe for like a little bit of a more, you know, forward thinking school, maybe there, maybe there is somewhere. Or if not, maybe you could, you could, uh, you could make one. Maybe I could. You know, that would be a very, you know, gender studies in our food choices or something like that. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, it, while I obviously have my complaints and stuff, this one class alone has really, like, it, and I consider myself to be fairly educated in the ways of feminist thinking, but, like, even just this one class has got me, like, wow, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, it's it's really even uh, definitely changed my um view not my view but like the way that I look at things I guess or mm-hmm. it's like making me notice more things that I didn't notice before and it's just uh I don't know this this mm-hmm. this, this place sucks <laughs> you know <laughs> planet earth sucks yeah Andy if you look at the screen you'll see a kitten oh he left there he goes <laughs> <laughs> that didn't suck he's a nice fella yeah. I was waiting for the eh. he's all right yeah see He's all right. Oh, man. So do you you haven't written a paper on this yet? So I have to write like little mini uh, like responses once a week based on like the chapters and stuff. This Mm -hmm. is like the textbook for the whole class for the whole semester. And Mm -hmm. then I had three papers, one of each due on other books that we had to read. And now the next paper that I have to write um, is kind of like I have to find like a topic or another book or like some way of like tying it all together Um, or like using both the textbook and the three books that we read. It can be like kind of whatever I want to talk about, um, but it has to like encompass all of the the works over Mm -hmm. the semester. I'm very interested. You should uh, some maybe on the podcast share some snippets that you have written, some points that you've brought up. Oof. My first paper was, what was my first paper? My first paper was on um, 
uh, Feminism is for Everybody by Bell Hooks, which I I very much enjoyed. Um, but I wrote, I don't remember a lot of what I wrote about. I think I wrote about like, I definitely wrote about monogamy, but I also wrote about like pop culture. That's like my, that's why I liked this latest book, the um, Gaga Feminism book, because I have such a fascination. Like we were talking before we started recording or no, 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 we were recording about the board games. But even like when we were talking about Laguna Beach and the Hills and stuff, like I have such a fascination with the way that pop culture and media portrays what's normal. Mm. And um, I just find it so interesting to see all like in, the evolution. Yeah, and all of those like we make Lauren watch the yeah. you know rom-coms and stuff and we love them but man there is some cringe-worthy shit and like yeah. even in rewatching like partially for relationship but even the role of like you know woman versus a man um I'm rewatching yeah. Sabrina the original Melissa Joan mm-hmm. Hart Sabrina and um you know, I would say that the character of Harvey is being further developed, but he's really not. He's he's yeah. pretty one note. And uh, yesterday, the day before, I watched an episode. His mother is recently pregnant and he starts dressing like a fool. And Sabrina's like, why are you, why are you wearing that? And Harvey goes, well, my mother didn't have time because she's pregnant. My mother's so busy with that. She didn't have time to do my shopping. So I had to go shop for myself. And I was like, this is a. He's yeah. 17. Yeah. So there's a, a part in Gaga Feminism where she actually talks about sort of that exact thing. But she's ta- she talks more specifically about the age of movies um, like Knocked Up, um, uh, Wedding Crashers, The Hangover, like these movies that kind of center around these dud guys mm-hmm. and these like you know, seemingly like kind of stronger female characters that kind of dumb themselves down to engage with these like dud guys because these guys can't do anything without the assistance of a woman. Mm -hmm. So like even though even though like on the outside you're like, ha ha ha, men are useless without women, what you're actually teaching is that it's a woman's job to take care of a man. Right. Correct. Yeah. And it's it's like disturbing. And Mm -hmm. I just I literally I haven't even finished the episode before we started recording. It was a Valentine's Day episode. And Harvey came over. Sabrina was cooking a meal for two other people she was trying to get together. He knocked on the door and literally goes, it's Sabrina, it's Valentine's Day and you're my girlfriend. I demand you spend it with me. And I was like, uh, ew, uh, gross. What? And then he was like, oh, just kidding. So I'll help you babysit my mo-. something else, like some other weird yeah. excuse. But like the fact that that was even written in there and yeah. I was like, I... What? And of course she was like, oh, yeah, okay, you can help me babysit. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. And like when I look at, I'm sure that I've said this before on this podcast, but when I, like right now I'm in a a rewatch of The O.C., which is almost kind of like a first time watch of The O.C. because I don't remember a lot of the first time I watched The O.C. because it was like 2004. Mm -hmm. But um, like watching that when I watched Gossip Girl, when I rewatched Dawson's Creek, when I've rewatched Gilmore Girls, when I've even when I've rewatched Buffy, like all of those shows from that era, the Sabrina too is probably right up there. Like all of those shows from when I was growing up that taught me what relationships are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. That drama means it's is good. You you need drama yes. because yep. that's passion. Passion is drama. That like all all of these really crazy norms that you don't realize you're being taught, but then you carry into adulthood. And like luckily, somehow, some way, I dropped a lot of those ideas. But like when I watch them, I'm like, this is a hundred percent why I am the way that I am and was the way that I was. Because I was taught to be this way. Right. By the WB. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you were taught to, if someone doesn't have this reaction or act this yeah. specific way, then something is wrong and you have to be mad yeah. about it or you have to be yeah. upset or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like all these shows, like like the the level of like jealousy. If, yeah. if if a girl talks to another boy, if a boy talks to another girl, that like if they're jealous, that means they like you. Like all of these like really toxic ideas, or like you should try to make them jealous because that's how you know that they like you. And like all these really crazy ideas. And like yeah, sure, like you're you're not really doing any favors for men either. But like young girls are the target audience for all of that. Yes. Yeah. You know, like sure, there are some dudes who are watching that stuff too and it's definitely giving them the wrong idea for sure um like i'm sure that you know 
guys are not getting the, the greatest message from like jocks trying to bang girls all the time and like all of these things. But like, again, women are the target audience. Young girls are the target audience. And we're the ones being taught to like lessen ourselves. And we're the ones being taught that like you should let someone treat you badly because that's that means they like you, you it's, know. And it starts like on the playground. Well, if he pushes mm-hmm. you over, he yes. must like you. That's like yeah. him liking you. Mm-hmm. You're like, excuse what? Yeah, it, absolutely. And yeah. You know, if we were living in the OC or Sabrina or any of these other things, let's just like take a real life example and let's set it in that universe, right? So like, let's say you get a brand new facial piercing and your husband doesn't notice it <laughs> right away. You would obviously make him at least sleep in the other room and probably not oh, speak yeah. to him for like yeah, a day. Yeah, he's got to sleep on the couch. Yeah, he's in the doghouse for Yeah, sure. like he's, he's on the couch, you're stomping around, you're not speaking mm-hmm. to him, like mm-hmm. all of this... All of this shit. And then he would have to go buy you flowers and tell you how pretty you are. And like that, honestly, though, like, yeah, we're making fun of the fact that Andy didn't notice my piercings right away. But like, (laughs) but but seriously, though, that could be a very realistic episode. Someone comes home and is like sitting there like framing her face, like waiting for him to notice. And he doesn't. And she fucking flips the table and is like, get out of here. Well, that's, I mean, that's probably a super common thing, except instead of a piercing, it would be like a haircut or highlights or a new sweater or, you know, whatever other thing, um, what other other, you know, vain thing that a girl is going to care about and be mad that a guy doesn't care about because that's how women are where we care about those things. You know what I mean? I would um, pay literally any amount of money for Andy to not notice when I have a new sweater. (laughs) I would love that, actually. That would be gold. That is priceless to me. And that just, this, that he's too observant. And I, I'm shocked because sometimes I look in my closet and I'm like, when the hell did I get that? That's weird. I know, me too. But uh, so to all those women, if, you're, if you, your husband doesn't notice you bought a new sweater or your boyfriend or your girlfriend doesn't notice, whoever they are, consider yourself blessed, actually. Just buy more sweaters. Keep doing it until they notice. And then keep doing yeah. it anyways. Yeah. That's my sage advice. Yeah, I think that's great advice, actually. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. (sighs) You're here to help. Yeah. So what else? Speaking of here to help, um, do you have anything else specific to talk about? No. Okay. I was going to (laughs) give a shout out. We got a a special email. I don't have my phone on me. Oh, yeah. I do. Um, Because speaking of here to help, this actually helped me and made me feel really good for making someone else feel normal it was it's crazy yeah. how that happens yeah yeah do you want me to read it yeah i think so yeah that probably is fine first name of, of a person and yeah okay email? yeah um uh hey all just wanted to check in and say hey glad to hear that you're all vaccinated and doing well same here in our household thanks for the it's okay to struggle theme last week i've definitely been struggling as of late and it helps to know others are in the same boat like seriously can someone scoop the litter box for me i only have i only have four so i'm not sure how you ladies keep up let me know where to send some photos and i can yes please love to meet your feline friends as well absolutely by the way love that you're into rabbit and wolves seriously my good friend lauren being sarcastic here although i totally love to be friends with this chick feed me am i right got me through the first six months of my vegan journey with her recipes anyways thanks for getting me into into podcasts your number one fan crystal and i read that and i i was i felt so good I know, me too. After that. Because, like, again, even after recording that episode about being exhausted, I then Mm -hmm. felt bad, all right? So Mm -hmm. it's, for me, and you understand this, anxiety, depression, whatever your body feels like feeling, it's, like, cyclical and it gets worse. So, yeah, we did an episode about being exhausted and not being able to really function on a daily basis. And then after we did it, acknowledging that we were feeling like that, I then felt guilty because we yeah. did an episode about it instead of doing something with better content. I say that with a question because I don't know if we ever really have good content. Yeah. But <laughs> but I like felt bad about it. And because that's just the way my my brain works. And then yeah. to see this email, I was like, wow, that's see, that makes me feel good that even yeah. one person reached out to us and said, hey, I've been struggling lately. Thank you for talking about it because it makes me feel better to know I'm not alone. Yeah, it also it also like gave me a, a nice validation, warm, fuzzy moment when Shannon said something to us. Oh yeah, yeah, night. yep. That that she resonated with what we were saying as well, yep. um, which like you know, I, 
doesn't surprise me. Shannon and I are usually on the same page. Like we always talk about that kind of stuff. But like it was nice to hear like that she got it from our podcast. You know what I mean? Like exactly like you said, this thing that we sometimes do use as maybe a little bit of a therapy session. Um, But it was nice that like somebody else kind of, I don't know, got what we were saying too. Yeah. And it makes us not feel... alone you know and it just yeah and you know I know I was thinking about this um just the other morning maybe yesterday I don't quite remember but I know you you don't you're not as um frequent a listener of my favorite murder anymore but the first like half hour or maybe more sometimes of their podcast is this is this talk is them talking about their mental health is Georgia saying how she's been sober for I think she said almost two months now and like how she's working on her mental health and like that all they do is talk about mental health for no less than like 30 to 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and that is honestly has become like my favorite part of the podcast like I don't even really care as much about the true crime stories that they tell anymore I want to hear their therapy in the beginning of the show because I'm like, me too, guys. Me too. Sometimes I get a little annoyed with them, though, because I'm like, wow, you are – because they talk a lot about what it's going to be like when they can go back into the world again. And I'm like, that must be nice to have so much money that you literally have been in your house for over a year. Right. But any, but anyway, <laughs> that's neither here yeah, nor there. Yeah, not too unbelievable they are <laughs> to that extent. But it's still – I'm like, the, wow, that's uh, something. Yeah. But uh, – But, like, the um, point the, – the, yeah. the concept, the idea is there and, like – I don't know. That's what that's what I guess I always get out of this is it's us talking. But I feel like, you know, some of the positive feedback we've gotten is that people feel like we are just friends talking in their kitchen. They are just in the room with us. And that's that's my favorite thing that I've heard about this podcast. And to have that kind of reaffirmed by someone saying, like, hey, I listened to this and I'm struggling, too. So thanks for letting everyone know that, you know, they're not alone. I'm like, that's. That's awesome. That makes me feel like we're still doing something worth doing. That's not just to us because this is very much, you know, worth it to us. But I don't know. I like reaching people and and it makes, I don't know, it makes me feel good because I like that same thing. I like, I don't know, people being real. So And, and And again, like we talked about on that episode, like it is very easy to sometimes feel like my anxieties or my stresses or the things that are making it difficult for me to want to do anything are a big deal because I'm like this feels very minimal mm-hmm. and like it, it's not really interfering with my life so to speak but I still feel really lousy but like I don't feel that lousy so maybe I should just shut up about it mm-hmm. like it's very it's almost almost like a imposter syndrome but for anxiety like oh, like fuck. what kind of you're right you know what I mean like what kind of craziness is that but like that's that's very much how it feels like maybe I shouldn't make such a big deal out of my stuff because like it's really not that big of a deal you know wow. so I don't know I don't know but you know what I'll tell you what, like, I feel almost a little bit validated that my anxiety has been a very big deal lately because I'm telling you, when she put that needle through my nose yesterday, she unleashed a solid two weeks worth of anxiety into my body. That's that's 100% what happened. Yep. <laughs> so, like, talk about a release, you know? Yeah. So Maybe you should look into some- acupuncture. I have thought about it. Amy Jones has told me to one million times, um, and I have meant to. I just, I just haven't had the time, truly. But I've always wanted to do it. I did. Ba- uh, whoa, back in high school when I did the New Visions program, um, and we did like the little health thing. Yeah. Um, they had like a little acupuncture thing, and I remember doing it. it was really cool to like have yeah. it done, and I think that could be. I would totally do it. We should go get acupuncture yeah. done. I actually used to see a chiropractor for anxiety and um, in a similar way when he would like realign my spine or like crack me in some kind of way, it it would release something that like truly did make me feel better. Mm. Um, And so I was like that that was always a that got expensive. So I stopped doing it. But it it did for a a short while actually help me. There is something to be said, I would say, for folks. um, Yoga is always a good thing, too. Um, Mm -hmm. because there is something to be said for your physical body and where you hold stress and anxiety. It's a real thing, folks. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think a lot about that episode we did with Kiko where we were, where I was talking or like making a joke about my old lady hips and he was like saying that it's probably, you know, like a stress that I'm holding or, you know, some, something terrible happening that I'm holding inside of my body. Mm -hmm. And that was like right when I got out of a, a not so great 
well, a, a relationship that ended a really not great. And I have not had that same kind of hip pain literally ever since. Mm-hmm. And that is literally. quite literally a thing. That's why so many folks like, again, to yoga, um, have no almost no flexibility in their hips and stuff it's because everything is balled up right Mm -hmm. there everyone thinks like oh you get headaches or oh your shoulders which like yes and yes but like everything actually goes right down right down to your bottom half yeah so yeah I still get like sore here and there like after a long day at work or something but I have not had that level of like almost debilitating hip pain Mm -hmm. since since then since January well you get the hip pain at the end of a long day because you actually do have old lady hips as well. Yes, but. I do. You're right. I do have old lady hips. And I remember when we did said when I said that to Kiko, he was like, "Oh my god!" He was shocked that I said that. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. A, it's she true. actually has old lady hips, and B, it's just it's fun. That's totally fine. Yeah. I'm almost forty. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to 40 than I am to 20. I cannot wait to have a 40th birthday party for you. I'm also technically closer to 40 than I am to 30. Yeah, so. you are. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, any food or anything you want to give a shout out to before we wrap her up? I don't think so. Have we done anything? Oh, we had a really good chicken Sammy last night at Wizard Burger. Fuck yeah, we did. So here's the here's a little context for folks. Um, myself, Kat, and Michaela went to get piercings. And we all got the same piercing, uh, septum piercing. And then, so we all walked in. My point was at 5. Michaela's was at 5.30 and Kat's was at 6. But because we we're all anxious, two of us had anxiety poops uh, not too long <laughs> before our appointments. <laughs> Yeah, it was me and Michaela. It, it was, was not Kat. She it held it together. But, I held it together. But then turns out she's I, the one I mean, who almost but passed then I out. Didn't. Yeah, but then I'm the one who like had the worst reaction. Yeah. Um, but so because we were all anxious about it, for Lord knows what reason, we all have tattoos, we all have piercings, but that's not the way anxiety works. Um, so I went in, Kat came in with me, and then Michaela came right in too. And we were all standing there. And of course, this, this nice person, this piercer comes up and she's like, are you my five five thirty and six and we all were like yeah hi like standing you know we didn't we weren't allowed to go in the room together because covid but we were in the the lobby together and then we had planned to get wizard burger after and she was like oh so that's how i knew you're gonna get the three there's three people standing together y'all getting the same piercings and i was like do you want one level further we're actually not only getting dinner together after but we're all gonna order the same thing because we had talked about it and turns out we all wanted the exact same chicken sandwich so we had no a bit regrets. of a moment yesterday um a hive mind moment if you will but it was delightful and it was a fucking good sandwich yeah i was thinking as i i had nearly already eaten all of the sandwich that i wished i had photographed it but i didn't because i just inhaled it so quickly i like set myself up because i saw you like drive away and i had set myself up with my tin foil and my sandwich on my lap and right behind the uh, shifter to the car is where I put my little container with my fried pickles in my dipper mm-hmm. so that I could like you know when I wanted to dip one and I was like it, it was perfect it was golden um, yeah. and it was fucking gone I like inhaled it <laughs> yeah I ate those um the fried pickles on the drive home mm-hmm. 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 yep and the chicken sando was like I like and it's I saw we stopped at a rest stop today and I saw a McDonald's sign for just a crispy chicken sandwich um gross from McDonald's uh but I used to love that stuff it was just a piece of chicken some kind of sauce and lettuce on a bun and mm-hmm. I used to love it and this was exactly what I wanted it was lettuce chicken and their mad mayo on a bun that was it it was fucking delicious mm, yep. I want it now yep I think that's their ma- main food thing oh um, I'll post a picture. I did have a peaceful provision donut today. Mm-hmm. Andy mm-hmm. also had one. It was mine was fucking huge. I had a jelly donut. Andy had the Bavarian cream, I think. Uh, so they are nearby opening a location in Beacon. So that's pretty exciting. It is. Um, other than that, I think mostly still shouting out rabbit and wolves, honestly. Yes. Uh. I made her caramelized onion pasta. I got her cookbook. I got it through Target, but I'm sure you can find it in many other places, including probably an independent bookstore, um, which 
please support them if you can. And don't be like me and just get it through Target. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. It's fine. Um, not perfect. But her cookbook is great. There's this jalapeno sweet corn hush puppy thing you can make. Oh, my gosh. I want that. Um, the pasta was good. Everything that I have made that you have made through her is 10 out of 10. 100%. So. And we're going to do, what are we going to do? The ranch pasta on Monday? Yeah. The uh, yeah. ranch hamburger helper. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be fucking delicious. It is. I can't wait. Ugh, man. Mondays just got better. They were already good. Also, if anyone wants to sit, uh, send us their recommendation for best worst rom-coms mm-hmm. or movies from the 90s or 2000s, yes. we are currently seeking any and all of those movies. Suggestions. There's a yeah, good chance we've seen most up. of them. Not all. Yeah. We're not perfect. But um, our friend Lauren hasn't seen any. So we are subjecting her to them every Monday. It's delightful. And sometimes there's good movies, too. Yeah. Not just bad ones. I would argue yeah. Riding in Cars with Boys is a good movie. I would agree. So, but yeah. Uh, slide into our DMs and send us some suggestions for movies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where can people slide into our DMs and get a hold of us, Kat? You know, I would rather you did it at the V-Spot on, on uh, our Instagram, the V-Spot podcast, mm-hmm. at, at, at sign, the V-Spot podcast, because mm-hmm. that I'm more likely to check. I don't always see the emails. Um, but if you wanted to email us at the V-Spot podcast at gmail.com, I guess that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go and uh, discuss your business with Andy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Mm-hmm. Keep him company. Uh, yeah. That's you can do that, even though I never technically we never said the name of the podcast. Oh, yeah. We just said we were a, a podcast for secrets. Yeah. Uh, whatever. But, Got to it eventually. Yeah, because yeah, it's a secret. There you go. We just <laughs> inception. The secret was the name of the podcast, not the secret podcast. See? Yeah. Great. All right. <laughs> well, then, until next time. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye bye.